everyone, and welcome to New Matter, the SLAS podcast where we interview life science luminaries. I'm your host, Hannah Rosen, and today on the podcast, we have Chatura Jayakoti from Sigillian and Janet Duratsuyan from Merck. And Sigillian is our premier sponsor for the SLAS Sample Management Symposium this year. And Chatura and Janet are here to discuss how Sigillian's compound management software has helped to improve sample management processes at Merck. So welcome to the podcast, both of you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank you. Glad to be here. We're happy to have you. So to start off with, I would love it if uh, each of you could just take a few moments and talk to us about your professional background and your areas of expertise. So I've been uh, working within the compound ma- management area for quite a number of years. So um, I worked for over 20 years for Hoffman LaRoche uh, in Nutley, New Jersey, uh, was heading the compound management group there. And for over 10 years now, I've been working with Merck uh, within the compound management group. Um, I do have my main responsibilities within the Merck organization is the um analytical chemistry lab that we have here in Railway in New Jersey, where we are headquartered uh, at the moment. And we have uh, a, a, an analytical chemistry lab where we make sure that the compounds that we're dispensing to specific uh, tasks, may it be uh, supporting the ROP of specific projects or supporting high surface screening uh, groups here within the organization that we are dispensing compounds that are high quality um, so that they're not being follow- following up any um, garbage in, garbage out. So uh, the quality of the compounds, we make sure that that, that is there before we dispense them. Uh, the other responsibilities that I have is the what we call within the work organization, the compound submission labs, which are sitting at each research site within the work organization. So there are smaller labs. We have a fairly large lab here in Rahway, New Jersey, but the compound submission labs are smaller and uh, they do handle compounds actually to support the ROP uh, of each project that is being run at each research site. Uh, so that is my res- part of my responsibilities as well. We also I get also involved in compliance aspects of handling controlled substances, uh, also potent compound handling, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so there are a number of things that I'm involved in, and uh, we have looked at actually um, ordering software packages quite a number of years ago, and Sigillian was one of the software packages that we looked at and had very intense conversations with uh, with Jerry uh, uh, from uh, from Sigillian. Tutorial was not at that point uh, with the with the with Sigillian uh, yet, but again, uh, that's the way we um, get started our discussions with uh, with Sigillian request at that point. Thanks, Janet. Hi, I'm uh, Chatur Jaikodi. I'm the Vice President of Product and Business Strategy at uh, Sigillian. I've been with the company for about a year, just over a year now. But prior to uh, joining Sigillian, I was actually a customer of Sigillian for uh, almost seven years. Um, and I've used a number of uh, our products, including the one Janet will probably talk about today, which is uh, the, the request platform. Um, I've used Analyze, Visualize, and you know, Store Module in the past. Um, 
prior to Sargillion, I, I worked in compound management as well as asset development uh, for almost 12 years. Um, and I started my career at UNC Chapel Hill and then moved to two biotech companies, Warp Drive Bio, and the last one was Accent Therapeutics, where I was in charge of lab operations, which meant I had to take care of sample management um, and also helped uh, assay development teams. And my interaction with Sigillian came because I had to also help with uh, informatics solutions. We had be it data analysis, sample management, or even the visualization. And uh, that's how I got to know the team here. And I was glad, uh, very happy to join them last year um, and help with product and business strategy. So that's interesting, Chatura. So your background sounds like as if it's biology. My background is chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my background is actually biochemistry. So I started running assays and at UNC, uh, under, uh, I was in Bill Jansen's lab um, and I jumped into sample management by happenstance and just kept doing it. Obviously, I had to still do my actual job of running assays and, and such, but then I just kind of gravitated towards the sample management space. A lot of cool robots, right? Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> Hopefully you are. <laughs> As long as you have the money to Tura, there are tons yes. of problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So I would love to talk a little bit, um, Janet, you know, if you can tell us, obviously Merck is a huge, huge company and organization. And I so I imagine that the the challenges you deal with for compound management are at a scale that is probably unlike what a lot of other you know, organizations or companies are are dealing with. So can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, how is compound management run at Merck? You know, do you have different campuses that are responsible for different types of assays and compounds? And then how does that work when you're coordinating different types of, of tests that require all these different compounds? Mm -hmm. As I was mentioning earlier, so the remote uh, sites, I, I refer to them as remote CSL sites, it's remote compound submission labs, uh, basically support each research site in itself. So the compounds really, the way I look at the compound submission labs is that they're sitting between the chemistry and the biology labs. So the chemist synthesizes the compounds, they would submit the compound to the compound submission lab. The compound submission lab uses a software package, a LIMS package, to process the compound, basically weighs out the compounds, solubilizes the compound, the solid samples in general, and dispenses it in a specific format that the biologist needs it at that site where they are running the primary assay. So then the compounds are dispensed to the biology lab and the, bio the biologist does what uh, he or she is supposed to do, right? Run the assay. And whatever else compounds are left over, they usually, uh, within the compound submission labs, they also uh, stamp out a, an aliquot for our, for our main site here, the, the core area in Rahway, uh, New Jersey, where we have the larger lab and the compounds usually whatever is solid sample left over and an aliquot of the MS stock solution usually is sent from the compound submission lab the remote site compound submission lab to the railway site so that we have the large collection sitting here in railway may uh it contains solid samples it also contains solution samples as well 
of the compound submission labs themselves at each remote site, they do not store any compounds. So it's almost like a through through way, right? So you are putting the compounds in, they're processed, they're stamped out, they continue going to either the biologist or the Rahway lab here. So um, we're using Sigillin request actually for the end users to be going in and requesting compounds from Rahway for any follow-up assays. So the information about sample availability is inside Julian request and and any and any researcher can go into into Sigillian request punch in the um, internal identifiers and pull the information available in Sigillian request and place the orders accordingly according to what they need. So what made you guys ha- come to the decision that you needed some sort of compound management software like what you're using with the request through Sigillian? So we did have many years ago, and don't quote me on the numbers, but that must have been seven or eight years since we're subscribing to the Sigillian's request uh, software. Um, we had an old uh, ordering uh, software package that we're using, and it's coming. it was coming to an end of its life cycle, and it was not, it was an in-house developed software package and it was just not sustainable any longer. So we did go out to see what software companies were out there and Sigillian was one of them, one of a uh, few that are uh, still out there uh, as uh, ordering um, up the software packages applications. And uh, we did have a number of uh, our chemistry colleagues, biology colleagues as well attending. Oh my God, don't quote me on the number two, three days sessions with different vendors coming in and showing us their software packages. And it was a, a decision that was made internally, including the biologists, the chemists, and the compound management guys who are involved in this whole process to make a decision. And at the end of the day, Sigillian was the software package that we wanted. Did you have anything to add, Jatura? No, this this was definitely before my time. It was, <laughs> yeah. it's, funny, it's funny that, you know, listening to the story of Sigillian, Jean, um, Jerry, and Kwai, and, and pretty much most of the developers were actually Merck employees up in Montreal. So they worked for Merck Frost. When that sh- sites shut down, yeah. they went and rewrote the software, and uh, I'm glad it found a, its home again at Mark as well. Um, so request was the first thing that they kind of spun out um, after, as soon as they started the company. So Janet, in your time that since you've started at Merck, what how have you seen the challenges in dealing with compound management kind of changing over your tenure there? Yeah. So I think in the last few years, what we're seeing is um, different modalities, not only small molecules that were have dealt with in the past. And currently we're, you know, looking at again, and that's not just at work, but within the industry in general, right? We have uh, different modalities coming in for, for res. Some of them are sort of challenging because we have to learn and understand the you know, peptides, for example, microcyclic peptides, uh, NTPs, ADCs, PDCs, et cetera, et cetera. So we need to understand uh, those types of modalities a little bit better, understand what storage conditions they need to be kept at, 
um, how to dispense them, um, and other considerations such as or can they be uh, used and worked on on the same instruments as we're doing with the small molecules. So there are a number of different types of considerations that we have to put in here as we're setting up uh, these new modality handling, if you will. Um, so uh, the other area that we are sort of in the last few months, year or so, biologics is another area that a lot of companies are getting into, right? So that's another another uh, uh, area that is going to have to, at least for us, we have not handled biologics in a way that we're handling small molecules in the central area. So um, I think that's something else that we are looking at to see how we can work with biologics using the current um, set of standards and uh, SOPs that we have set up for small molecules. So I think uh, there was a lot more to come and uh, stay tuned. So there will be more. <laughs> yeah. What, you know, with a lot of these challenges that you're facing, you know, are there any particular solutions that you found that have really kind of helped guide you along this path? So I feel like that we're still in the beginning stages and we have been discussing uh, one good example is pre we are, you know, compound management is pre-competitive, right? There are some companies that are um, have been working on biologics uh, for that we are aware of. So we do discuss those situations. Biologics is a good example. There are companies like Genentech, uh, uh, Abby, and other engine, other large companies that have worked with within biologics and have centralized compound handling. So we do have uh, again good examples. Sample management uh, meeting in in Washington. We get together and discuss and try to learn from each other uh, with these different types of modalities that are there. And obviously we have a lot of experience in small molecules. <laughs> so we, uh, we are very open as to how we are, uh, handling them, uh, so that other, other, uh, colleagues can, can understand and take, take all of those points into consideration. Again, it's all pre-competitive, right? We're not talking about uh, anything that is specific to, to a specific company. So, yeah, that's nice. And that helps because I'm sure it makes it a lot. People are a lot more open to share their lessons learned and, and knowledge uh, when it's in that pre-competitive space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's great. So what is day-to-day compounded sample management like at Merck, you know, for, for maybe some people who are listening who are at a smaller company who don't have to deal with all of these, this massive, I imagine it's going to be different working at a place like Merck as compared to a smaller, you know, pharmaceutical company. So uh, day to day, I want to say that we have established our uh, workflows um, over number of years, right? So the regular workflows are already set up, so uh, employees know what they're responsible for, and 
thank goodness at the moment we don't have a lot of turnover so people know exactly what they are working on so i didn't know if there are you know day to day if there are specific tasks that i have to worry about or my boss has to worry about but i think what we are more looking at is the future where are we going from today today this is where we're at we have the infrastructure of automation is set up the infrastructure and the workflows are set up as i said before to support you the existing um, ROPs within the work organization or high throughput screening, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I think where are we going, as I was saying earlier with biologics, what do we need to make sure that we are set up properly by the time we are, you know, we're going with uh, supporting biologics or other modalities such as 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 I said earlier, ADCs, PDCs, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's something that we we look at very carefully. Um, another thing that we are really very diligent about within the work organization is the compliance. We want to make sure that we are uh, compliant with uh, the uh, regulations, maybe federal or state regulations. You know, controlled substances are really, really important for, uh, for us to make sure that we're capturing those. Um, and we also have uh, potent compound handling, for example. We are, you know, we are a company, we're a large company, and we have oncology as one of our main areas of therapeutic area. And obviously, we have potent compounds, and we want potent compounds, right? We want to find potent compounds so that we can help our patients, the patients uh, worldwide, so that they can they can see that they're cured. Um, so we do we are very diligent about stuff like that, proactively looking to make sure that we are handling the potent compounds properly. We work very closely with our safety colleagues uh, internally to make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. So those are the things that I can I can think of, you know, software packages, we are open to the idea. So going back to Sicilian, where, you know, we try to attend few of us every year to go to the sample management uh, meetings. Uh, but also um, SLAS has the larger uh, conferences as well. We try to attend those talk to the vendors to understand if there is anything anything out there. And we are constantly, if you will, evaluating to see this is what we have right now. And is it is it some is is there anything else out there that can do what we need in in, in a better way. And uh so um those are all the things that we really try to 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 look at. Yeah, it sounds like one of the big advantages that you have is having these really well-established SOPs and workflows and that that gives you the free time to look ahead, which it's something that sounds so obvious, but I feel like so much of the time people, we get bogged down in putting out fires and the day-to-day stuff. And, and it really is getting that established system going that frees you up to yeah. other things. Yeah, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. We do have to, <laughs> to uh, I mean, on a daily basis, there are always things that go wrong and then we have to pitch in. But again, 
as you said before, if the SOPs are well established, the workflows are set up properly, theoretically, everything should be going the way it should be. But again, there are always, there are always things that, that come up that we have to handle as well and make decisions about, right? So uh, somebody working in the lab, again, may not be able to take the liberty to make decisions about going either A or B or C. So we may need to pitch in and make that type of a decision. And I imagine that it also runs the risk of getting stuck in that well-established workflow and not adapting to, to the change in times and needs. Like, for example, you were saying, you know, back when your current, you know, sample management software was at the end of its life, you know, I feel like it it very easily could have gotten just stuck in, well, this is the workflow, this is the system, and been resistant to moving to a company like Sigillion. Yeah, that's correct. Absolutely. If you're not looking into the future and keeping your options open, as you said, I mean, then you're stuck. And especially if you are a software package that is internally developed, is as you know how how long can you support it right we're not a software company it's so much better for us to go outside and look at a company like sigillion uh to see what their software packages are like and how it can help us uh do the job that we need to do and just to be i mean we don't really i mean i use sigillion's request but we don't really use it we have an internal limb system that we use to do the sample management end of it right it's mostly the chemists and the biologists that are using the requesting application because they have to go in look for what's available and then place their orders which is really great with sigillion request we have the possibility of ordering ad hoc if you will but we also have the possibility of setting up assay submittals, which is which is really, really very convenient for the end users. As an end user, I should not have to remember assay A needs 20 microliters at two millimolar concentration in this format, and the recipient is blah, blah, blah. So I think that's the that's a really, really uh, big advantage that we had seen since the beginning uh, with Sigillian's with request that we said that really will will work for us really really well and it has over, over over time it has proven that it was working it is working well for us so that that capability yeah it reminds me of a conversation we've been having a lot as we talk about the lab of the future and automation becoming more integrated into the labs and how it used to be that we would rely on sort of you know one size fits all company like we go to one provider or we do everything in-house for all of these different solutions. But now things are becoming so complicated and so specialized that it really does pay long term to go to the people who this is the one thing that they do. They are the experts in it and they're going to get you the, the best possible device, product, software, what have you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's advantageous for us. Uh, Jerry is great to work with. Jutura is great to work with. So we've had very positive experience with uh, with these guys uh, in the past number of years that we've been working with them. It's very responsive and uh, listen to us and respond responds to even my emails. <laughs> <laughs> 
that that's why we're here. Um, you actually made a really good point. If I might, I might take us off topic or just move back a bit. Is 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 this biologics right? Like you have, you said you have to adapt. We as a software vendor needs need to adapt too. So we're looking at how we can serve that market. And are there any anything you've have you guys tried to uh, format like how biologics are treated to close to what like small molecules are being treated or are you taking some novel approaches to kind of handling those samples? Does that make sense? So we are still in the beginning stages of biologics. So we haven't really um, set up uh, the processes and the SOPs as of yet. We do have registration systems in-house that the biologics can be registered as uh, with an internal identifier. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're still in the beginning stages, uh, Chitura. I'm sure there will be more coming as we move forward with within that area. But at the moment, really, yeah, we're still yeah trying to take if I can put it that way, baby steps, if you will. So we are talking to one of our project teams to to work with them to get some of the workflows set up, but we're not there yet. And, and just to maybe a, 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 sh- a shout out to my colleague, Christina McNabb. She will be talking about that process at the sample management meeting in Washington uh, next week. Next week, yeah. Fantastic. Well, so, you know, speaking of this, all of these upcoming challenges, particularly, you know, biologics seems to be a big one on your minds at Merck, but I'm sure that there's many other challenges that you see coming up in the next, you know, five or 10 years. And I would be interested in hearing from both of you, you know, what do you think there are going to be any changes that will need to be made in the way that we manage or store these compounds to address these challenges and then you know what do you do you have any plans on how you're going to adapt to those challenges well for us i think the biggest thing is incorporating ai and machine learning i think that's the biggest but those are big buzzwords but they're actually happening right we see it happening so how are we going to build our software or use our software and, and, and add to it um one good thing is we have data, um, so it, it, it gives us um, the opportunity to practice some of these principles. And and I think um, we're still adding these things to our roadmap and kind of in, envisioning what, what AI and, and ML are going to actively play, specifically in the sample management space. Um, in, in When we look at data analysis and data visualization, that I think we have a better grasp of grasp on because we actually have data sets to work with and and speaking to customers we do we also see a lot of new customers who are focused on ai using ai in drug discovery too so this is i think this is a space where we actively need to kind of focus on in the next uh probably starting asap but at least put a lot of effort into in the next two or three years um we see a lot of innovative things happening out in the market as well do you think that AI and ML can help kind of solve this problem we've been discussing with trying to determine if you can utilize some of the similar sample management techniques that you've done for um, small molecules and apply them to something else like biologics? Do you think that AI and ML may have 
could play a role in that? Honestly, potentially, yes. But we again, we have to kind of dive in and see, hey, what are these workflows like? Uh, and, and going to conferences like the sample management one, which is, I think is amazing to, to learn a lot. We Last year, remember, we, uh, we learned about, hey, the clinical side of things. Hey, and some people actually approached us and said, hey, can you build something like requests for the clinical side of things? Um, and again, just going to these conferences and understanding what is actually happening. And these workflows, are, I think, are the critical one is to figure out what's happening there. And then we, we're a software company, so a lot of a lot of instrument vendors are go- going to jump in and, and our, our goal is probably going to be, hey, how do we kind of interface with the customer, these instruments, the workflows and, and our software at some point? Yeah, I, I want to say I have a little bit of a different uh, take on um, AI and machine learning. Uh, my feeling is that, I mean, we will have to wait and see how things will develop, obviously, in the future. However, my feeling is that using AI and machine learning is going to be starting very early on in, within the discovery. Uh, I'm looking at it from, again, my little world of discovery uh, uh, organization, right? So I think there is a lot of, as Chitura, you said, there's a lot of data available. And I think but there is a lot of push going on everywhere, right, to use the data that's available so that, again, as we're moving along within a project, that we do look at what is there already so that we do not have to synthesize tons of compounds to put into a specific uh, therapeutic area or a specific uh, project uh, and and, and uh, target. And then... Uh, I'm expecting that we're going to be seeing a lot less compounds being synthesized, so a lot less compounds coming our way from the compound management perspective, if you will. And so um, I think it's it will be uh, it will be changing the way we work today. Definitely, no doubt about it. But I don't know if again if we can use the data. We, within the compound management group, I don't know how much information we can use to help us go which direction we need to go, uh, actually. I, I feel like that's going to have to be driven a little bit ahead before these compounds are being synthesized, before they make their way into our labs. So uh remains to be seen. There is a lot coming. Uh, there are... I feel like there are, the discussion around AI, ML is everywhere, right? Uh, and a lot of resources are being put um, in all different industries, not just alone in the pharmaceutical industry. So um, the next few years or the next year or two is going to be really uh, important to, 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 to see where we're headed with that. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think, again, like what Jordan said, in, in in on one side of research and development where for example if you're doing high content screening and image analysis there you can see how AI and ML can actually play uh, a big role when I look at sample management again going to these conferences and 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 also the AI conference that slash has actually helps inform us so I you know as a shout out good great work but I would love 
you know, love to see a bit more AI and kind of uh, related talks at, at some of these conferences too, which is, which is you see them coming up a lot more and more. So it's going to be interesting to see how people are thinking of, hey, how do you, I mean, robotics has been there for a while, right? So for us, that's nothing big, right? We, we use robots to do most of our work, liquid handlers, uh, tube pickers, um, etc. So it, it, it is a very interesting area just to see how, what creative ideas people are going to have to kind of uh, put in, 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 in the sample management space in terms of artificial intelligence. Yeah, well, that's great feedback. We will certainly keep that in mind when we're planning the uh, agenda for next year. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today and having this really insightful conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time. And for everyone who's listening who is interested in learning more, um, our sample management symposium is taking place in Washington, D.C. on October 12th through the 13th. And we will actually have recordings of those presentations available on our learning management system applied after the fact if you're not able to attend in person and want to listen to some of those talks. And also, if you're interested in learning more about Sigillian's products, we have a podcast episode that we released this time last year where we went into a little bit more detail about the different offerings from Sigillian. So go ahead and go back and listen to those. And Shatura and Janet, again, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure having you guys with us today. Thank you very much for giving us the opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you, Janet, for, for being here today, too.